celebrating International Day of Women and Girls in Science 2023. In this episode, Dr. Catherine Rogers speaks to Professor Joanne Reed in the first of two podcasts from the School of Nursing and Midwifery being released to mark International Women's Day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to this podcast. I'm Catherine Rogers, a senior lecturer in the School of Nursing Midwifery at Queen's University in Belfast, and I'm also a SWAN champion within the school. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Professor Joanne Reid, Chair of Cancer and Palliative Care in the School of Nursing and Midwifery. This podcast has been created as part of the school's activities to mark the 8th International Day of Women and Girls in Science, which is celebrated on the 11th of February each year. The International Day of Women and Girls in Science was adopted by the United Nations General Assembly to promote the full and equal access and participation of females in science, technology, engineering and maths or STEM fields. So thank you for joining me here today, Joanne. Um, let's start by talking about who you are and what you do and some background would be great. Thanks so much, Catherine, and thanks for the opportunity um, to be involved in this podcast series. It's really exciting. So as you've said, I work as a professor of cancer and palliative care within the School of Nursing and Midwifery here in Queen's University. Uh, my background is that I'm a clinical nurse. I'm a, a chemotherapy nurse by background. I'm also uh, a mum to two children, Benjamin and Emily, who are nine and 12. I'm also a wife. I'm an only sister and an only daughter. Lovely. Um, can you tell us a wee bit then, you mentioned your background as a nurse, but could you tell us a little bit more about your career path to date? Yeah, absolutely. So I started my degree in nursing here at Queen's uh, after I completed my A-levels. Um, I then went on to work as a clinical nurse. I worked in the Regional Centre for Clinical Oncology, which was originally out at Beaver Park Hospital, just outside Belfast. Uh, and I worked there um, directly after qualifying. And I suppose one of the things um, that I noticed whenever I went there is I was obviously very young. I was 21. I had a little, little life experience, not very much, to be honest. And um, Within my, within my work, particularly within chemotherapy, I, I was working and discussing very sensitive and very emotive issues uh, within the Regional Oncology Centre. And one of the things I thought about was, you know, I, I really felt that I needed a little bit more communication skills training. So I then went on and did my master's in counselling and psychotherapeutics. Um, and that, I suppose, was really important for me because it helped um, understand the importance of clinical issues that perhaps weren't talked about very much and cachexia was one of those clinical issues and that then led on to writing an R&D office fellowship to do my PhD on cancer cachexia and I've consistently then been working in cachexia and palliative care more broadly uh, right throughout my career. Wonderful, so um, you've mentioned how you come to um, begin your career in research in nursing. Can you tell us a bit more about your, your nursing research interests and how they've evolved? Yeah, great, thanks. Um, so I suppose very broadly, um, what I'm interested in is equity in terms of palliative care for all. Uh, the predominant theme of my work then, as I've mentioned, has been cachexia, both cancer cachexia and, and cachexia and renal disease. And in particular within renal cachexia, you know, there was a dearth of, of research and I suppose I'm really delighted because 
um, I now lead an international expert working group that's focusing on this and my research in cancer cachexia and in renal cachexia, uh, we're really pleased that that has been cited a national and international guidelines related to cachexia management. Uh, and some of those are um, the European Society for Clinical Nutrition and Metabolism, known as ESPEN, their guideline on nutrition and cancer patients, the ASCO guideline, which is the American Society of Clinical Oncology for cachexia and advanced cancer, and really importantly, the SBEN guideline on clinical nutrition and hospitalised patients who have acute or chronic kidney disease. And, and why they're so important is the previous SBEN guidelines that these replaced, renal cachexia wasn't really mentioned within those. And we're, we're really pleased that it is now mentioned in these new guidelines and that our research is included in there. I suppose I've, I've been very fortunate that um, throughout my career, research that I've conducted um, has led on to receive several awards. Um, for example, the Royal College of Nursing Nurse of the Year Research Award. I was really humbled to be recognised as one of 30 global pioneering palliative care nurses from St Christopher's Hospice in London in 2020. And last year, I was really delighted to be nominated for and awarded a fellowship at an end from the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland. These fellowships are really prestigious awards that are conferred on individual in recognition of their work and achievements in nursing and their contribution to nursing, healthcare, education and research. So I feel very privileged to be nominated for these awards. The one thing I would say um, in relation to research success is that it's, it's built on and it's dependent on partnership working because no one can achieve these awards on their own. I, I certainly didn't. It's about partnerships with multidisciplinary colleagues, but I think really importantly, it's also about partnerships with patients, with carers, with the public. I suppose what we know is patient public involvement in research. And for me, from the very start of my research career, that has been central to all of my, my research. And I think it always will be. It always will be for me because it ensures that research that we conduct recognises and responds to the needs of our citizens, not what we think their needs might be, but actually what their needs are. And so I will continue to work very, very closely with the patients and the carers, collaborators. And for me, they have acted as grant co-applicants. They've been co-authors on papers and publications. And I've also presented um, at many conferences with them. And none of the successes and research that, I, that I've led uh, would have been possible without them. And so these awards, they're never about one person. They, for me, are, they reflect a shared success for all of the team members, but in particular, I think for our patients and carers and the public who work with us and who are so generous with their time and their expertise. Uh, in terms then of, of broad palliative care outside of cachexia. I've also led the commencement of a senior research fellow, which is funded by Marie Curie, uh, which sits here within the School of Nursing and Midwifery. This is one of four posts across the UK. It's the only one within Northern Ireland. I've also been actively involved um, in the module coordination. I, I designed um, Evidence-Based Nursing One, which is a research module which is embedded into undergraduate education in year one. Um, and part of that then, I developed a research study around that, measuring evidence-based practice utility and understanding pre and post the delivery of that module. 
and that research has since been cited as a case study within the Council of Deans on their report in terms of becoming research confident. And that's, I think, um, important research as well, because the Council of Deans is, is regarded as the voice of UK universities for nursing and it also leads policy at a national and a UK level. Um, internationally, in terms of research, um, I'm also leading some work in Colombia in relation to integrated palliative care and oncology. And that also relates to an NIHR grant that I'm leading on that started in June in the same topic. Um, and internationally, then I'm a member of the World Health Organization Global Community of Practice for Nursing and Midwifery. I'm also an International Council of Nurses Global Nursing Leadership Institute scholar. And those affiliations have been really productive and really important, and they've led to significant impact in conjunction with the International Council of Nurses and, and WHO Europe. I've co-authored an ICN statement on digital health, which was delivered very recently at the 72nd session of the WHO Euro Regional Committee for Europe. I also um, developed and led the International Network of Doctoral Education in Nursing, known as INDEN. Uh, they're a global glass classroom initiative, which I led, have led on from 2019. And that really promotes internationalisation of research and it provides a global virtual learning platform for our postgraduate research students and they engage then with other international PhD students. And we've had great success from that participation from across the UK, Canada, US, Australasia, for example. So that's a bit of an overview, Catherine, um, in terms of, of research, but I hope that's enough information. John, it's fascinating. And I mean, your work in nursing research has been so wide reaching, but also, you know, you've demonstrated how how much your work has informed the outputs of other very influential groups um, nationally and internationally. And I suppose it indicates to me and hopefully to our listeners the impact of your work and, and all that you've given so far. And it makes me think then about how the United Nations have noted already that women are typically given smaller research grants than their male counterparts, yet they represent about a third of all the researchers. Um, and only 12% of national science academies actually are women. And I wanted to just to congratulate you on your recent appointment to the Board of Directors for the All-Ireland Institute of Hospice and Palliative Care. You've touched already on some of the leadership roles you've had and some of the you've led in so many different research projects that have been so impactful. And can you tell us a bit more about your leadership roles to date? Yes, no problem. Um, so we'll maybe start within uh, the school and the university and then mm -hmm. externally, if that's OK. So within the School of Nursing and Midwifery here, I um, was the postgraduate tutor from 2015 to 2019 and then um, led on to the director of research from 2019 to 2022 before I moved into the All-Ireland Institute role that you've just mentioned. So um, in my role as postgraduate tutor, I led initiatives that were focused particularly around um, international postgraduate research recruitment. And um, that was in response to uh, research proposals that perhaps weren't as developed as we would have liked them to be. And, and what happened in relation to that is that we had a high rate of rejection based on that. So 
um, I developed the content of a series of videos in relation to proposal development that we put on the school web page and we put online. And following this, then it was great. We've seen an increased number of international PDR students with nine in 2017-2018 up to then uh, 15 in the next couple of years after we did that. So that was really great. Um, in relation to my role as director of research, this role focused very much on aligning the school with our Vision 2020 and more recently now our Strategy 2030 targets. Um, I really wanted to focus on a very engaged approach with research and enterprise. I led the establishment of a, of a school grant writing workshop series with RE. And in particular, then in the middle of this tenure, COVID came in. And one of the things I was really interested in was the impact of COVID and set up a working group to look at that in relation to staff. And from that, then I led out on an initiative that was that was a dedicated writing week, actually. And the outputs from that, we got really good um, evaluations of that. And we could also see good outputs from from those initiatives in terms of our research income target, which was which we were over and also our contribution target in terms of research, which again, we were sitting at 146% off for 2020, 2021. So for me, they were really rewarding roles uh, within the school. And as you've mentioned, then um, I do also work very closely with the All-Ireland Institute of Hospice and Palliative Care and in relation um, to them, their palliative care research network within the Institute and the palliative care research network, just to give a little bit of an overview, it, it conducts high impact multidisciplinary research that's focused on the quality of life of people with life limiting conditions and also their carers across the island of Ireland. And it does this by working with the 26 partners and those 26 partners are academic institutions, hospices, public bodies, charities, people with life limiting conditions, family carers and also interested citizens and in particular voices for carers. Um, it attracts uh, international investment from the EU and um, there's leveraged funding by PCRN collaborators and since 2017 it's published more than 450 peer review publications. And I'm, I work as the previous chair of the Palliative Care Research Network uh, from 2018 to 2022. And I've just recently moved and I'm a current director with the All-Ireland Institute of Hospice and Palliative Care Board. And the role of the board of directors is that they are responsible for ensuring and monitoring the effective management and governance of the business of the company and for overseeing its strategic direction. So for me, I think that that's um, a role that I'm really excited to take up. I'm really pleased to take up. I think it gives a great platform um, for us to forge forward and see the Institute go from strength to strength. Fabulous. It's it's fascinating, you know, the journey you've had to date. Um, and I suppose, and then we're thinking about the theme of this year's mm -hmm. International Day for Women and Girls in Science and bringing everyone forward for sustainable and equitable, equitable development. And that would focus, I suppose, on the roles of women and girls in relation to the sustainable development goals. So what does that mean to you and, and how might SDGs be actually realised through your own research work? OK, um, so I'm going to answer that in two parts, I think. Okay. So um, I think bringing everyone forward for sustainable and equitable development. And um, the first thing that I suppose 
and um, that means to me is equitable access to and and the provision of key factors that influence social determinants of health of education um, and of employment for all girls and for all women and uh, within a local context here within northern ireland at the moment i think a, a topical issue uh, which to me relates to this is, is the safety of women in their own homes and internationally I, I also recognise that that's an issue as is the equitable access to education for girls and for women in certain parts of the world and gender equality throughout education provision it is a global uh, priority but and it has been for some time but gaps do still exist and I think most frequently those gaps exist at the expense of girls. Um, in terms of my own work in relation to the sustainable development goals, I think that they really relate to universal health coverage um, in terms of my research. And I mentioned just a little bit earlier about um, equitable provision of palliative care. And to me, universal health coverage and equitable provision of palliative care is in relation to palliative care provided regardless of diagnosis. Um, and also regardless of geographical location and palliative care should be based on need and the provision of, of high quality palliative care at the point of need is really what this means to me in terms of my research. Terrific. Um, I mean, I think your your career journey to date has been so exciting and so the the evidence is there you've been so influential in 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 the area of nursing and, and midwifery research so how do you think from your own career experience and all, and all the roles you've had how might women and girls be encouraged to become nursing or midwifery scientists um okay so i i think it's really important to role model and I think it's really important to mentor, but not just formal mentoring, informal mentoring and, and actively seeking opportunities around that. Um, and so for me, I think it's really important for um, scientists to be involved in undergraduate education so that we can demonstrate how our research influences practice. And that's really, really important so that people can see what is achievable. Um, it gives a sense of relatability and, and also mm -hmm. encouragement in relation to their role in influencing future care. Um, and uh, from my perspective, you know, I'm really proud that I've supervised really fabulous nursing colleagues undertaking with their masters and their PhD uh, level research and to see them excel in their field due to their research. And that is really, really rewarding for me. Within the School of Nursing and Midwifery, obviously our SWAN champions lead on activities that promote uh, female academics to become scientists within our nursing and midwifery research. And I think um, central to this is also it's about promoting empowerment. It's about creating a very positive working environment where where we are seen to and, and we do consistently encourage our students to achieve their utmost potential. Um, I've mentioned mentorship a little bit and and to me um, mentorship it's really important to have this active mentorship where you lead as a very positive role model and you actively look for opportunities uh, for those that that you mentor either formally or informally so I mean just to give an example of that 
um, some of the postdocs and um, research fellows that I've worked with, you know, offering opportunities in terms of being a joint guest editor on the, on a really good journal is a great way of of giving those opportunities and, and ideas like that I think are really important. I think that scientific research, it's a really terrific pathway for all students in terms of our nursing and midwifery colleagues. And it's important to uh, mentor through those wider university initiatives such as uh, Queen's Gender Initiative, but also to look for new ideas, to stimulate creativity, to give trust to people uh, in terms of their own competency. I think that that helps to generate self-belief and confidence in your own abilities, which is which is really important whenever you're coming in to an area that perhaps you're unfamiliar with or not too sure about. And um, I think that I probably have some examples of long-standing mentorship success um, in relation to previous students and research fellows who have then went on to secure lectureships within the school and um, taking even small initiatives just such as sitting down and looking at someone's CV and seeing how you can help them enhance that CV if they're if they're interested in an academic post or whatever it is so that you can work with them very proactively and they feel that they're they're part of this larger initiative in terms of of moving forward. Um, it's about career progression. Um, and I also think there are issues that we need to think about capacity building, who's coming behind us and succession planning. And that's really important in, in, in terms of moving this forward as well. John, thank you so much. I mean, it's it, for taking the time to speak with me today and to tell us more about your fascinating career journey to date. Um, on behalf of the School of Swan Champions, I wish you every success as you continue to inspire female research scientists in nursing midwifery and hopefully some of your experiences and your journey that you've shared here today will do just that to our listeners. I, I would like to finish just by thanking the Senior Management Board of the School of Nursing and Midwifery at Queen's for supporting all the SWAN related activities that regularly take place throughout the school. And we look forward to welcoming all of you listening to this podcast to join us at um, a School SWAN event very soon. Thank you. For more in this series, visit our website go.qub.ac.uk slash shaping hyphen pod and follow us on social media at QUB Engagement. <laughs> <laughs>